Welcome to Money Grows on Trees. Money does grow on trees. A podcast full of practical, real-life money lessons that you wish you learned in school. Lloyd is a former lawyer turned lifestyle entrepreneur. In each episode, he'll be answering the tough questions around money, investing, and entrepreneurship to help you transform your money mindset and move you closer to achieving your financial goals. Now, let the class begin. Here's your host, Lloyd Ross. My name is Lloyd Ross, and I'm excited for this episode because we're going to talk about, very briefly, we're going to talk about cryptocurrency, Bitcoin. It's not going to be a long, drawn-out episode on the details of the blockchain, which particular cryptocurrency is the best, why cryptocurrency is this or that, or if it's going to take over the world, or we're not going to talk about fiat. I'm I'm just going to help you to navigate the crypto mania that's happening right now, okay? because it's a new technology, it's a new asset, it's a new speculative asset, it's a new thing, it's new technology, there's so many new things. And there's some wonderful, um, you know, uh, analysis on this by some of the world's greatest investors like Ray Dalio, okay? So Ray Dalio put together a really good link uh, that talks about this and I support his position on it too. He's one of the smartest guys in finance and, um, you know, he, he, he really goes through it. He, he doesn't take a defensive approach against it or an offense. He just talks about it as he sees it. All right. Now, incidentally, he hasn't bought any, so that's how he sees it. And uh, Warren Buffett and Charlie Munger also don't like it. They say avoid at all costs. These are the two of the smartest men in investing in money and two of the wisest men ever in business to exist. So, and George Soros, as I understand, hasn't bought any, nor have the other multi-billionaire investors like Carl, uh, Carl Icahn, or, um, you know, uh, who else is there? We got uh, Pershing Square Capital. They haven't bought it. There's many, many, many big hitters that haven't bought it, right? So uh, I'm not into it. It's not my thing. It, but not because I don't believe in the technology or the blockchain or I don't, don't want a free monetary system or I don't want a, a nice deflationary monetary system. I, I want all that. I would love it if, the, if fiat currency was still pegged to the gold standard, right? And I'll explain that shortly too. But but I would love all that. But it's I'm just going to look at it from an investment standpoint for you, so that you can navigate your way through this, so that you don't, you know, have to go and make this hard decision or or, or, or speculate and lose your money on something or, or lose sleep over this or anything like that. Right? You don't have to. You don't have to. You know, if you if you if you understand investing, you will not even worry about it. Okay, so let's look at it. Let's first approach this like a money tree. Okay, remember in my book I talk about investing like a tree, right? Growing a tree, growing a fruit tree, and that's how I look at most investments because there's no point having a tree that doesn't produce any fruit because you can't eat it. You got to cut. If you have a tree that doesn't produce fruit, then the only way to make money from that tree is to wait till it grows and cut it down and sell the pieces. Okay, so if you buy a tree and you're waiting for it to grow and go up, great. Uh, and then you sell it. That's the only way to make money, by selling the whole tree, okay? So that's what the Bitcoin people, the crypto investors or crypto speculators will be doing. They'll be buying cryptocurrency. Let's say they bought Bitcoin for $40,000. 
they will have to sell it for more than $40,000 to actually make money. And that's why they're all touting it on Twitter. That's why they're all touting it all over Facebook and social media and, and memes because they need it to go up to make money. If, if it does, if people don't keep buying it, it'll go down. And if it goes down, they'll lose money because the tree only makes them money if they cut it, if they sell it, right? Whereas I look at investments from what it can produce to me in cash flow. I, I invest for cash flow instead of capital gains. In fact, I invest for both at the same time. That's the ultimate investment, right? A tree that grows and that produces fruit for you to eat. So you don't need to cut it down to eat the fruit. That's the greatest thing about the best type of tree to plant is a fruit tree because it produces things for you without you having to go and cut it down, right? It's easier. It's reach up, grab the apple, eat it. You're done. And the tree stays there and it grows. That's how I look at Bitcoin, right? Or cryptocurrency. And this is how I look at basketball cards, trading cards, um, so I look at Lego as an investment. We'll do more on episodes on that type of stuff um, later. But it's how I look at any speculative asset shares like um, IPOs, shares that uh, go up that don't produce an income. I don't invest in those because it's again, it's it's something I have to sell to actually earn money. All right, trading things, stuff that you have to buy and then resell to make money is not a good investment. That's speculation. And the easiest way to see that is basketball, you know, trading cards are the perfect example, right? Art, motor cars, old classic cars, same thing. It's only worth what someone's prepared to pay for it. And the only way to make money is to buy it low and sell it high, right? So let's look at it from that perspective. Cryptocurrency, what is it? It seems to be right now, it's not a, it doesn't seem to be a currency at all because a currency is something that, that makes goods and services easy to buy. It's an exchange of value. That's what a currency is, an exchange of, of value. And you can't go in and get your car fixed with um, Bitcoin, right? Not everyone, <laughs> merchants don't take it. And um, you can't buy your groceries with it yet. So, you know, it's not, it's, it's not, uh, it's not an exchange of value. So it's not a currency. Um Incidentally, I had someone reach out to me the other day. There's a particular currency going around locally here called Coin, Q-O-I-N, and uh, it's a barter system, and and it's going up in value. It'll that'll stop at some point, but people are going crazy about it now. This guy messaged me out of the blue and he said, "Hey, can I sell you some of my Coin digital currency?" And I'm like, "Why? Don't you want to hold on to it because it's going to keep going up?" Okay, which it, it won't, but um. I said, don't you want to keep it? He's like, oh, no, not really. Like, why not? And he said, because I can't pay my mortgage with coin. I can't pay my mortgage with cryptocurrency. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is why it's not a currency, because you can't pay your mortgage. What else I find really funny and ironic is the paradox that Bitcoin and all the cryptocurrencies, right, their value is measured in fiat currency. Now, fiat currency is currency issued by the government, um, like the US dollar, um, and it's not backed by anything. There's no backing to it. It's just it's just money that they've printed based on, you know, the, the supply and demand of it for the economy. So it's not actually backed by anything. It's called fiat currency, F-I-A-T. And most currencies in the world are fiat currencies, okay? And... Bitcoin is a cryptocurrency. Um, gold is some sort of, they thought gold was a currency, but it's more like an asset, right? That doesn't produce anything. But in the old days, gold uh, was used to buy and sell things, but it was really hard. So they're like, you know what? Let's create a currency that's backed by gold. So like we'll create a, a currency, we'll print money, but it's backed by the gold stores of the world. 
Okay. So when the US dollar was around pre, I think it was, I haven't, I didn't um, jump in and check the particular year. I think it's 1974. Correct me if I'm wrong. But Richard Nixon took the US dollar off the gold standard, which means at that time, up to the 1970s, the US dollar was pegged to gold, the supply of gold. So it was backed by gold. It was backed by something. It was, it was pegged to that, which meant it couldn't just print unlimited amounts of it. Okay. So what happened when Richard Nixon did that is he created fiat currency where it's just you can print as much of it as you want and it's not backed by anything. Now, countries that have done that and printed too much money, okay, way too much, like um, I think it's uh, Mozambique, I think it's certainly in Germany that happened um, just before World War II where people were taking like wheelbarrows of, cat, of, of paper money down to the shop to buy one bottle of milk. That's called hyperinflation, hyperinflation when there's too much money supply around and all the money won't even buy a bottle of milk because it's just gone up way too much, all right? So um, so there's there's examples of that that have happened in the world. So everyone knows that's what inflation can do. So it's not ideal. Um, so with, with cryptocurrency, what's happened is, so they measure the value of cryptocurrency in fiat currency. What do I mean by that? Well, if they say, well, Bitcoin today is trading for 47000 U.S. dollars. So here they say, oh, we've got a currency. It's a currency going to take over the world. But we're going to measure the value of the asset in terms of fiat currency. So the day that Bitcoin or those other cryptos become a currency means we're going to measure the U.S. dollar in crypto. Okay, that's it's going to flip. But until you, while you ever, whilst ever you're measuring the value of something in U.S. dollars, then U.S. dollars win. I mean, it's 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 the reserve currency. It is. It's just paradoxically, it is the reserve currency because that's how you're valuing things, including Bitcoin. So it's quite funny. It's ironic. Um, not a lot of people understand that concept. So I know that cryptocurrency right now is not adopted as something we can use um, use to buy you know, goods and services. Now, I understand that you can use Bitcoin for certain things. You can give money at certain places. You can, you know, some places will take it. I get that. And who's to say it's not going to be where the whole world adopts cryptocurrency as the currency? And if that happens, great, all right? But here's what's preventing it from happening. Right now, if I went and bought a car with one Bitcoin, for, let's say the other day it was $50,000. I go and buy the car with $50,000. They say, hey, I say, how much is this car? They say, actually, it's 50000 uh, Sorry, it's one Bitcoin to buy this car. I say, great. Here's one Bitcoin. It's worth $50,000. I buy the car. The next day I come back, the next day I come back and the car's in there and it's like, well, the, car, the car's got a sign on it. It says one Bitcoin. I'm going, great, one Bitcoin. But Bitcoin in the next day is worth 47000 So the person who comes back the next day to buy the car, they're getting it for cheaper, which means the person who's selling the car makes less money the next day. So they can't price anything in Bitcoin because they will lose money if it falls drastically in, in a number of days. So they can't run a business like that. No one's going to sell goods and services for Bitcoin or any crypto that's volatile because you can't determine how much your goods and services are actually worth. That's why it can't be a currency. It's impossible. You could go out buy a can of Coke for Bitcoin one day, go back and the can of Coke's worth like three or four times as much. How is a person running a business going to ever, you know, determine what they're going to price things? They'll have to reprice all their goods in Woolworths in the shopping center every single day. Because they're like, oh my God, it's gone down. We need a repricing. No, it's so stupid, right? It's It doesn't make any rational sense. But here we go. We've got all these people saying, oh, I'm going to save the world. Bitcoin. Yeah, come on. And uh, I think it's quite funny. 
I think it's interesting because the old saying in stocks, when there's when there's speculation in stocks in 1929 in the stock market boom of 1929, the roaring 20s, the stock market collapsed in 1929 before the Great Depression. What was happening in stocks were that everyone was buying stocks. So what happened was John F. Kennedy's, um, John F., JFK's dad, the story goes, was in the markets doing well. And in those days, men would go and get their shoes shined, right? A lot. That was a very common thing. Get your shoes shined by the shoe shine boy in the street, right? Anyway, so on the way to work one day in Wall Street, he goes and gets his shoes shined. And the shoe shine boy says, starts giving JFK's dad stock tips, the shoe shine boy. And so he went back to the office and he said to his staff, guys, it's time to get out of the market. It's time to sell. And they said, why? He says, because the shoe shine boy is giving me stock tips. What he means by that is that by the time the investment idea gets to the shoe shine boys, which effectively are like, you know, the, the very low income earning jobs, by the time those folks hear about it, it's like, they're not sophisticated investors. It's, 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 there's no value. By the time they hear about it, by the time the shoeshine boy hears about stocks, there's no value left in the market because everyone's in it. And if everyone's in it, there's no contrariness. There's, there's no value left there for anyone to achieve and get. It's hyperinflated. There's just, it's bit up to the top, top price because everyone's in it. Okay. Which means that it's topped out. So if you link about Bitcoin or crypto, if everyone's in it and everyone's got some and everyone's talking about it in the taxi driver, you or the Uber driver's got some and this and your personal trainer has some and he, everyone's got it right at every level of employment and everyone's talking about it, it's topped. It's time to get out of the market. That's a good example, right? So I think when there's crypto mania, then there's pretty well nowhere else to go but down. And since that's happened, it's gone from 50,000 down to 47,000. I don't know where it's going to end up, but it's certainly not, an, not a currency yet. If, for example, it became a currency and everything was priced in Bitcoin, we just use a crypto, right, as an example, then I wouldn't care because I don't care whether I use fiat currency, cryptocurrency, gold, um, toilet paper, okay, goods and services, barter as a currency. During the, during the pandemic, you know, toilet paper was very, very valuable. <laughs> it became the currency of the day. You could have bought and sold things in toilet paper if the, if the shortage had gone on for longer. So everything can be a currency, whatever you put value in. But I don't care what the currency is I use. I could care less. I would use big because the only thing I'd use it for is what I use it for now. Buying shares of great businesses. That's what I do with our money. We, 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 we buy stocks. We buy shares. Okay. I'd, I'd either buy... If I had crypto, I'd either buy property or shares or a combination or whatever it might be, right? That's it. So if you can't buy stuff, like the guy that I told you the story about his mortgage, he couldn't pay his mortgage in the crypto that he was using. So I'm like, what's the use of it? It's pointless, right? So Pete, if you can't use it for those things, then it's not fully adopted currency. And right now you can't, it's not a currency. That might change. And if it does, I'll use it and I'll just buy stock still, right? It won't matter. It won't change my financial strategy. But what it is, what it has become is a speculative asset. Speculative means people are buying it in the hope that someone else will buy it for a higher price the next day or higher price later. It's speculative. It's gamble. It's a it's a form of gambling. You don't most people don't know much about it and they're putting their money in the hope that it just goes up and they'll sell. But here's the problem with that. When you put your money in something that you don't understand, you have no idea whether it's really going to go up, down, or wherever it might be. But if it does go up, you also don't know what it's worth because you can't value cryptocurrency because it doesn't produce cash flow. I'm going to talk about valuations of assets on another episode. But whenever an asset doesn't produce a cash flow, 
you can't estimate the, the cash flows into the future, which means you can't discount those cash flows back to a present value today for the asset. And in finance, that's how you value assets. You take their future expected cash flows, you discount them back to the interest by using the interest rate with a formula, and you get a present value, a rough range of what it's currently worth. For those future profits that you're going to get, there is a value for those that you're willing to, a reasonable value that you're willing to pay today for those future profits. There's an expectation you'll get them, a high likelihood you'll get them, and there's an amount that you're prepared to pay today for those. Not an unlimited amount, okay? And too many people will pay way too much for something for those cash flows. And that's when you know something's overvalued. What you want to do is pay a reasonable price for those future cash flows to come back to you to give you a reasonable return, okay? 10 to 12% is a reasonable return. Some people can get 20% a year. 10% a year is good. Just You want to just get that, okay? Now, here's the thing. Because cryptocurrency and basketball cards and trading cards and cars and antiques and art and stuff, it's, but particularly on this topic, crypto, because it doesn't produce a cash flow, you can't value it, which means you don't know what it's worth. So people say to me, oh, should I sell my cryptocurrency now? Like no one has an answer for that because they don't even know what the heck it's worth. So I don't know, maybe, like, how do you know? So what happens is people go, oh, it's gone up. Maybe it'll go up more. So they don't sell it and they hold it. And then it drops back down past to where they, that they bought it for. They go, oh my God, it's got dropped down. Should I sell it? And they go, no, maybe I'll keep it. it might go back up and it drops more. And they, go, and they freak out and they sell it and they, they lock in a loss and they've lost money. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is how the dance of speculation happens. It seems really simple to look back on the charts and go, oh, look, it fell there. It's going to go up here. I'm just going to sell. But your emotions of greed and fear take over. And because you're buying it and selling it for a value that you don't understand, that you can't calculate at all, then you don't know when to buy and sell. And if you don't know when to buy and sell with confidence, you're going to just punt it. You're going to have a guess and you might get it wrong most of the time and you'll flip out and you'll worry yourself to death and you won't be able to sleep and it's just dreadful, right? So that's why I just avoid it completely. I don't own any crypto. I don't, I don't need to take that class. I don't need to read that memo. I don't even need to participate in it. I'm here from the, on the sidelines in the bleachers watching this whole saga play out. Meanwhile, I'm making thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars in stocks, something that I do understand. I just play where, you know, like Tom Watson from IBM. He was the CEO um, of IBM. He and his son for, for generations, very smart guy. And he said, I'm smart in areas and I stick to those areas. So in, when it comes to money and investing and business, if you're smart in areas, stick to those areas, double down on your strengths. You don't have to play in something you don't understand. And that's, I'm not smart at crypto. I'm not smart at trading. I'm not, I don't, I don't understand it at all. I, I, mean, I understand enough to avoid it, right? And so I just avoid it. Remember from other episodes, find out where you're going to die so you never go there. And right now, if you don't understand crypto and you're playing there, you're in the death zone. Get out. So here's what I'd suggest for you. Here's my tip, all right? If you want to play in the crypto space so that you don't get FOMO, right? This fear of missing out. And you want to brag to your friends that you're in crypto and you're like, you know, you, you, you pick the crypto train and you feel like, oh, you can tell your kids that you're in it and you, whatever. Whatever it is that you want to be in with crypto, do this. Allocate 10% of your portfolio to crypto and that's it. And play with 10%. Because if you're wrong and you start mucking around with it, you're not going to lose everything, all right? Because it's not an asset that really I think anyone understands enough to put 100% in. People are, but you know who knows, right? So I think put 10% in 
And then you can play around with it and you'll feel like, okay, I'm in crypto. And you can tell everyone you're in it. And then if it goes way up to like a gazillion dollars, then you'll make a lot of money. And then you can tell me I'm wrong. But at least then I'm protecting you against something you don't understand, right? So I think that is the appropriate play for cryptocurrency right now, okay? But um, yeah, it's not something I, 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 I'm participating in personally and you don't have to either, all right? So just relax. Go buy an apple tree. It's going to produce income, right? Like an index fund or something. This is easy to get your money back. It's simple. A lot of history, right? Future of businesses, safe and sound in mature markets. Buying and selling pieces of businesses is is a great idea and will forever be a great idea. Okay, how about that? Alrighty, so that's it for this episode. I hope that gives you some sort of wisdom when it comes to cryptocurrencies, and you can apply that same, you know, mindset on any investment. Is this within my bounds of what I'm trying to achieve my investing here? Because when I look at investing and think, is this an apple tree or a freaking evergreen tree that doesn't produce any fruit? Do I have to cut the tree down to make the money? Or is it just going to produce cash flow for me and continue to grow? Then if it does, I look at it and go, great, I can just buy more of it over time and not sell any of the trees and just get all the fruit coming to me so I have financial freedom. Because financial freedom is the ultimate goal, right? And if you've got building an asset or a portfolio of stocks or property that's producing cash to you, then you're on the path to freedom. But if you're speculating and buying stuff, you got to sell. Then when you sell it, you got to put the money somewhere else and you can make. See, if you make, if you have to make too many decisions, buy and sell decisions, at some point, you're going to make the wrong decision. That's what happens, right? Too many decisions is bad in investing. So limit your decisions, buy good quality stuff, hold it for long term, let the fruit come to you. And that's how you create financial freedom. All right. Not buying and selling big things to buy orange Lambos. Okay. That's it. All right. So that's it for the episode. I can't wait to see you on the next one. Thanks for joining us this week on the Money Grows on Trees podcast. If you like the show, you might want to check out our book, Money Grows on Trees, which you can find at LloydJRoss.com. Subscribe to the show on iTunes, leave a review, and feel free to reach out to Lloyd on Instagram at Lloyd James Ross.